socialists. We're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. And welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker, and on today's show, we have an interview with Jeff Cantor. Ron, what a week it's been. Yes, it's been chock full, Ed. I'm glad it's Friday, let me tell you. Yes, I'm glad it's Friday, too, and just lots of stuff to talk about, and I can't wait for our Free Rider Friday show next week because there's so much, th- so many things that have been in the news. But today, we have a very a special guest that I've been looking forward to having on for quite some time. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to read his bio, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk with him and welcome into the show. Jeff Kantner is the co-founder of HealthExcellencePlus.com, and that's P-L-U-S, all one word, HealthExcellencePlus.com. He is a Syracuse University graduate, and he has spent the last 25 years assisting individuals and businesses in navigating the world of health freedom and insurance. He's a serial entrepreneur, and he saw an opportunity to put his ideas into action with the exception of the Affordable Care Act, and he co-founded HealthExcellence.com. At its core, the mission is to allow doctors and patients to directly connect and take back control of the health world from third-party interference. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Jeff Cantor. Thank you for having me today. Well, you are almost, in a a way, a a part two of a series that we've been running on this topic, and you were the one who was instrumental in us having Mary Ruart uh, on the show about a month ago. And I know that she's been a part of the, some of the things that, that you've been doing as well. But before we, we talk about that relationship, Jeff, just talk a little bit about what Health Excellence Plus is and, and what your involvement is. Certainly. Well, it, it's certainly taking advantage of an opportunity that arose on the heels of the passage of the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, because a lot of people you know, didn't like that idea and they were looking for a way to escape. And initially there was the opportunity to kind of get into some religious health-sharing organizations as a method to get out of there, but, and that is exceptionally good, but it certainly has a little bit of some limitations. So we wanted to kind of get more into the business world and be able to reach out into small business, which was a majorly underserved market. In fact, anything in the ACA that was 50 and below was kind of on their own, so we wanted to really be able to help in there. And at the same time, take care of two other issues, the idea of pricing transparency and reconnecting people with their doctors, because the system evolved from a bottom-up, to a top-down approach, and we wanted to kind of turn that on its head and go back to the bottom-up approach once again. And that's exactly what we're doing. And I've heard you say before that the, 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 the people who are most supportive of this have, in fact, been the doctors, right? Pretty much, because, you know, at first it was the consumers that kind of balked at the Affordable Care Act because it just kept pushing premiums up and driving them away from their doctor. You know, if you want to keep your doctor, you can kind of a thing didn't work out. But then as time went by, the, the plan began to kind of beat up on doctors, too. They were getting poor reimbursements, or they were not willing to take as many consumers. You know, they'd only take two or three people a year on, the, on these exchange plans. And so they kind of ruined the relationship with the doctors, which is the one they really need to have the most importantly. 
And so that's why they've turned their back and they like where we're coming from because they just really want to be a doctor and they want to get paid. And let's just be clear. I mean, you, you talked about Affordable Care Act and Obamacare, and we're, we, we have no intention of, of using either of those as, as uh, pejoratives on this show, per se, it, because th- let's, let's face it, the health care system was broken long before uh, the Affordable Care Act came along. Would you say that's true? Oh, totally. It was just another attempt to figure out what to do. But again, they wanted to have their control factor, too, so it had a different twist on it. But again, everybody's trying to take a stab at what to do to fix this thing. And where did it start out? I mean, I've always felt that in the research that I've done, that one of the things that that began to unravel this whole thing was when, uh, I think it was back in World War II with wage and price controls, that uh, where where people couldn't get you know more more wages, so instead companies started carving out the, the their health care and paying for their their health insurance. And then I guess there was a famous tax case in 1955 that said, all right, well that's pre-tax income. And then it spiraled from there. Is that the origin, or is there something else that I, that we're missing there? No, that's that's a pretty good way to kind of figure out its starting point. I mean, there are some few other things that were going on on different tracks. You know the AMA and things that they were up to as far as cartelizing the doctors and, you know, there are a variety of things like anything in the world. It wasn't one thing, but that was a major causality. Because if anything, that's the thing that caused everyone to think that I get my health care at work. That's, that's the worst thing that came out of all of what got done, because nothing else is provided at work other than pay. And suddenly that became a part of, so I'm going to stay with a job I hate because I need that health insurance, or I'm going to try to get a job. And the first question I ask is not what are my job responsibilities, but what about the health plan here? So it, it became a really you know, perverse world that way. And then suddenly it forced doc- doctors. It suddenly forced um, businesses to become health insurance agencies for all intents and purposes because they had to spend a reasonable amount of time per year assessing the one they've got, getting pitched by a bunch of other companies to maybe switch to theirs. And it had nothing to do with what they did in the nature of their business. So it's perverted a lot of things in the United States, sadly. And, and you know, I, I can say I work for a large company that has I would consider to be really terrific benefits. But, man, that's the one thing that, that they've talked about they do not want to mess with because they, they know any drastic shift in that is going to cause a lot of turnover, no matter how they slice it. It is. And so really it's a question of changing the dynamic, not to try to force the companies to push away, but to change the, the dynamic in the mind of the consumer to start to think, you know what, I don't want to get my health care from work. Because one year they have a good one, but then they're trying to be cost conscious, so the next year they shift into a, a less quality one or higher deductibles or whatever that suddenly I as the employee don't find too appealing. And then what if I want to start my own business or quit or get fired? then I lose my coverage. I'm forced to go on COBRA. Wouldn't it be great if it was portable and I owned it and I showed up with work with my own car and my own insurance and everything else? And if I quit, it doesn't affect me. I'm just able to find a better job or or take a sideways job or even a lesser job, more of a part-time job, but not have to sacrifice my health insurance at the altar of making that decision. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine today, in fact, doing another podcast, and we were talking about uh, Mary Meeker's Internet Trends, which is kind of a side note to this whole thing. But one of the things that that she's seeing is, you know, obviously the increase in the number of the the uh, the, the the gig economy, right? Or as as yep. I think she called it, on demand workers, and this kind of fits right into that that area right like you know why why is it and and, you know you hear people saying well you know hey uber doesn't provide health insurance for its drivers well no because they're independent contractors of course not and i would think that 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 is going to lead into a a much larger pool 
of individuals, this whole gig economy I'm talking about now, that are going to need exactly what you're, you're talking about. Well, and not only the gig economy, but look at the people just creating jobs themselves. I launch a YouTube channel and become successful doing something of that ilk. So there's, I just don't only have to go to Uber or something like that to get a job. But you're right, everything is kind of devolving back down to more an individual approach. I can create my own business. I can create my own job. I, I can work at my leisure. That's why people love Uber. I don't have a set schedule. I can click on and click off whenever I feel in the mood. And so this is part and parcel of that. And what's interesting, too, and not surprising to the people that are in the know, you, you, you probably know this or won't be surprised, but the free market is invariably better and cheaper than any other alternatives you're being sold a bill of goods on. No, really? <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, that's why the doctors like it, too, because they don't want to have to try to come up with a bunch of crazy codes to try to make sure I get at least X amount of dollars. I could just tell the person, look, it's 100 bucks. And then I get paid, and, I'm, and everyone's a happy camper, and we're straightforward and transparent. And, and I don't have to jack the price up to 200 so I know I'm going to get a re- reimbursement of $80 or any of that game plan that goes on. Everyone just wants to be transparent and honest with each other for a change in this business. Yeah, I've heard said that if you you know want to, want to stump your doctor with a difficult question, don't, don't ask them a medical question. Ask them the price of something. Exactly. Or if, or if you, hey, Doc, do you take this particular insurance? They'll look at you like, I have no idea. You have to talk to the office staff. I mean, no one knows what's going on in their practices anymore. All they would know normally is you come to me, I charge a fee, you get pay, I get paid, and we're all happy. How simple is that? Why do we make that so complicated? Yeah, it's amazing to me whenever I go into any kind of, of a health provider, the number of people that are that are working in the office, aside from the doctors, who aren't providing anything medical i mean it's to me you know i know you probably have numbers on this but but i but i see it sometimes it's, it's two or three to one it seems that's pretty much what's happened i forget the time window but the number of administrative people within the health world has grown at an incredible clip it's like a hockey stick going up yet the doctor's quantities remain fairly stable over time well again why did it suddenly require 10 people per doctor to, to manage a, a practice when the doc used to run out of their house in the old days and just charge people and be paid. So they just built it into this complicated mess. Not deliberately, but it's like anything, two parallel lines off by one degree. All these years later, like when you were citing that onset in the World War II window, look where we are today. Look what it's morphed into, this monstrosity no one can recognize. Yeah, such a huge leviathan, and 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 still in a in a way, you know, I talked to to my friends who are saying, well, you know, the most of the healthcare that's done is done on the free market. I'm like, no, it's really not because it. I mean, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong here, Jeff, but most of the time, it, the the prices that all doctors and all insurance companies are willing to pay is somehow tied back to the to the Medicare price, right? Oftentimes, because, again, the, the one thing in the country where you can say, well, what does an MRI cost? And no one has a set price, but, them, but Medicare has a set price nationwide, you know, for the most mm-hmm. part. So at least it's something to point to that gives you some pricing stability. But, yeah, it's, it's very arbitrary because those rates are not artificial. They don't match the market's true value. It's just some bureaucrat sat around and said, well, let's just say we'll only pay this much for an MRI. And then everybody starts to use that as the benchmark. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, and again, I I don't it's government action begets government action, and and I, I again not because I think that people are were were evil or doing things to to cause harm. I think everybody 
wanted to do something that was good. But hey, we 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 really just run into this huge mess. Well, wow, it's going back got by so quickly. I, we are already up against our first break. Uh, Want to remind everybody that you can contact Ron or me by sending an email to ask tsoe at verisage.com. That's a s k t s o e at verisage.com. Remind you also that Ron and I have a pricing course that is available online right now at if you go to thesoulofenterprise.com slash PPS, and that's for Professional Pricing Society, and that's where our course is. You can take a look at the rundown of that course that's available, right, but right now, I want to hear a word from our sponsor, Leading Results. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have, but have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here with Jeff Cantor, the co-founder of HealthExcellencePlus.com. And Jeff, you were talking with Ed about you know, the origin of, of how insurance got locked into our job. And, and it is kind of annoying because it does lock people into their job when, when the job is your source of health insurance. And, you know, we don't get our auto insurance from our job. We don't get our homeowner's insurance. And these are complex policies. Why should we get our, our health insurance um, from our job? I mean, it, it just seems like the one thing that could be reformed pretty easily and turn that power back over to the consumer and and force the insurance companies to compete for one customer at a time. Wouldn't that be a better system? Invariably. I mean, if you look at everything in the country, it ultimately comes down to the individual. You know, you're made by buying a, a thousands of cars, but each car is sold one at a time by one person talking to an agent or somebody to figure out which car I want, what features I want. And your health is more unique than that, because if any doctor that we work with will say, look, if I give 10 patients this exact same dosage, I'm going to get 10 totally different reactions to that medication. 
So it has to be personalized. And that's the sad reality, because if, if you're a business owner, you're not buying that health program for your company based on what my employees really need. I'm looking at what my company can afford and how all that fits in. And so they're going to get the short end of the stick every single time. So it has to go back to that individual approach. Right. That, that's such a great point because they now they just have to woo at General Motors and then they can capture, you know, 100,000 customers at one time. But if you have to customize it per, you know, per insurer, e, then that would be uh, there, there'd be more variety and more choice in, in the free market. And, and that sometimes is the problem because most companies or governments, they like the idea of one choice, one size fits all. It's real simple to manage large bodies of people if they only have one option. But right. look at the so, disgruntled people that exist out there between what their feelings on Medicare and all the rest of these entities, because it's so restrictive in so many respects, because it's trying to be so hard to be that one size fits all, just not, do, not doable. Jeff, how do you deal with the, and I know this is semantics, but we're big on words here. You know, people say health insurance, but we have a system now of prepaid health care. We don't really have health insurance in the actuarial sense because we buy insurance for things we don't want, right? I don't want to die. I don't want to be disabled. I don't want an earthquake. I don't want a fire in my home. But when we talk about insurance, all of a sudden, I want $5, you know, co-deductibles and free drugs. That, that's not insurance, is it? No, and in fact, it's a money-making system for those that are create that. You know, they're, they, they have pricing points that are built into what you're paying in monthly premium and whatnot, so that you think you're getting a bargain with a $5 copay, but you're really paying infinitely higher for that. And also, you're prepaying, like you said, it is really a prepayment plan for services not rendered, especially when they reach the point where anyone that could want it could sign up if you were at death's door or super young and healthy. It didn't matter. Everyone was entitled to get the stuff. Well, no, no homeowner or auto policy is going to underwrite you if you have DUIs all the time. They're going to either reject you or they're going to charge you an exorbitant rate to, to be commensurate with the type of person that you are. And the same thing should be the case with health insurance like it used to be and like any other insurance really is. That is technically really is insurance. What we're doing right now can't really legally be called insurance, truthfully, because you're prepaying for everything. And what if I don't have any of those issues? I'm spending thousands a month for something. I never get sick. I don't go to the doctor. What did I really get out of that? If I think of my homeowners or auto, I'm just paying for the house to be prevented from burning down. I'm not paying for the lawn to be mowed, the house to be painted, the roof to be replaced. Then the prices would be crazy. But in any given year, how many people needed their roof replaced? So everyone's piling in a ton of money to this organization who's only doling out just a tiny bit. You can tell by looking as the Affordable Care Act has shown up. Look at the profits of those companies. They're they're record profits. So who's the beneficiary of our great new affordable health care plan so it doesn't look like the consumer? Right, right. Yeah, no, it's really it's really frustrating. And then they pile on these mandatory benefits, and, you know, they're making 60-year-old couples pay for pregnancy care and maternal care and all of these things that they'll never use because, like you said, they're trying to put everybody into a one-size-fits-all plan. And appease everybody, because every one of those things has a certain kind of a lobbyist or somebody's behind that. Again, everything's all well-intentioned, you know, as far as wanting to help people. But there is profit motive, which is a great thing, but it's very perversely assigned in what they're doing, because they have that opaqueness on pricing. And I don't know if an MRI costs 300 bucks or 3000 bucks. so if I don't know, I'm easily taken advantage of. 
Yeah, you know, I was cracking up when Ed said the way to stump your doctor is don't ask him a medical question, ask him a price question. And uh, just real quick, I have to tell you, some 20 some odd years ago, I went with my dad to talk to his doctor about getting a hip, his first hip replacement. He's had both done. And, after, you know, the doctor went through all the medical things and the physical therapy and how long this would take and the whole process. And he looked at me because I'd been sitting there silent. And he said, do you have any questions? I said, yeah, I have two. I said, is this genetic? But but more importantly, I looked at him and I said, what will this cost? And he looked at me, Jeff, like I was a deer in the headlight. I mean, he just had this blank stare and he's shuffling through his paper. Well, your dad has insurance, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but how much is it going to cost? He said, I really, I don't have any idea. And I just thought, if you were in a Lexus dealership and you asked that question and they gave you that answer, you you would walk out. Why, why do we tolerate this lack of price tra transparency in such an important industry? You know, it's interesting, you know, like anything, consumers are pretty smart, and we like to try to figure out how to do the work around all the time. And as a perfect example, you know, Colorado is, is a poster child for some horrible uh, outcomes there. They, they really whittle down to no carriers. There's no pricing transparency. So a typical, a, a fellow named David Silverstein opted on his own to create an organization called BrokenHealthCare.org to demand and get on the ballot an initiative to force people to be able to know what the heck things cost. Because then if we do know what things cost, I, when I pull to a corner, I can see which gas station has the lower price. And all things being equal, I'll probably go to the one with the better price point. Well, if everyone knew what things cost, that will force doctors and organizations to do the one thing that they typically have been avoiding of late, is to compete. Because I'm the client. I'm the, if you want me to buy a Lexus over a Mercedes or whatever it may be, you have to compete for me. If you're running for office, you have to compete for my vote. But now they've got us in a decision where no one's competing for me. I'm stuck with whatever they hand me, and I should like it and take it the way it is. And that's a big problem. You know, I often equate it, and I know it's not a perfect analogy, but if we had a free market in healthcare, it would be like hotels, right? You can get a hotel from, you know, I don't know, anywhere from 49 bucks a night up to, you know, thousands of dollars a night. There'd be also because they try and cover all price points. The pricing is driven by what the consumer can afford to pay. But but the pushback I get, Jeff, and I guess my question for you, because you probably get this as well, I'm sure, is, yeah, but you can't compare. It's like you can't compare any market to health because, you know, nobody wants the cheapest doctor because they think, you know, they're incompetent or they're a quack or something. How do you answer that? How do you how do you answer the objection that if it was left to the free market, not everybody would get the same quality of care. Well, there certainly would be some level of that, but the difference, in, you know, in the medical world is doctors oftentimes live and die by their referrals. You know, if it's if we're in a free market, you know, that, that restaurant becomes popular because a certain number of people eat there, they love it, and they tell all their friends, and that tends to drive traffic. So the same thing holds true here too. But again, doctors all went to school, so the, the idea of them being a big disparity in quality is is, is kind of a bit, a bit of a misnomer. You know, if they're legitimate, honorable people, they're all going to have similar skill sets and it just kind of comes down to them competing for your physical location or what differentiates their office or other little skills that they bring to the table that'll have you come in there but that but that does not hold true everything is, is based on quality if, if lexus suddenly started having cars where everything was bad about it their sales would tank and so no one can afford to kill their patient or hurt their patient 
So that, that, that part will not be the big problem. Where the difference lies when you're describing like the market, prices will be suddenly vary. Because let's say I have a surgical center, and we're getting close to the end of the month, and I've got some open bays, so we didn't fill those slots for surgeries to be done. We can offer better discounted pricing to people to get people to do their surgeries at our facility. And as a perfect example, there's a real-world place in, in existence called the um, Surgical Center of Oklahoma. You might know of Dr. Keith Smith's operation. And he's typically one-tenth the price of a, a conventional hospital operation, delivering a better quality surgery, better customer service and treatment, and yet he's one-tenth the price at, at a far better quality. So that kind of flies in the face of everybody's concerns. You know, that's the, the naysayers and the ones that really want to preserve the status quo will throw that out there as a little straw man argument, but it's not true in reality. Right, right. Now, that's a really good point, that reputation would would trump regulation in that area because you know, it's like an airline, right? Nobody, They don't want to kill their passengers, so they don't scrimp on, you know, safety and maintenance standards and things like that. So maybe that's a better analogy than the hotels is the airlines because they're in a life and death business, too. And, and there's there's low cost airlines that do a great job and they're profitable. Well, to take it to an extreme on that topic, if I'm a surgeon and I'm operating on somebody, the most that can happen is my one patient dies. But if I'm the airline pilot with hundreds of people on that plane, my responsibility as a person is much higher than that of a doctor. So we also have to kind of put into context other practices and how the world functions. And sometimes we're you know, blinded by just accepting the status quo, not really realizing how the full picture works, or even like you were describing, what used to be the case. You know, why do we have this situation? How do we unravel this stuff? And it always comes down to the consumer doing it. One of our pitches and kind of what you're describing is you walk away. You can't vote for somebody, wait for some law. You'll die in the meantime waiting for all that stuff to happen. And even if you get the right person in, who knows if they're going to be able to churn out the right kind of outcome that you want. But if you make your own decision, I'm going to stop doing this, I'm going to start doing this, you're 100% in control of your own destiny. Why not take control of your health? Right, right. You know, you mentioned the MRI, and I, such a good point that, you know, some bureaucrat somewhere said, oh, this is the price for an MRI. But if, if you have insurance and you go get an MRI or any type of, you know, complex procedure, and then you get that explanation of benefits from your insurance company, and, and it, I don't know, it's got $5,000 the MRI, but that is not what the insurance company is paying that hospital. They, they, they put down this inflated price that's got no basis in reality, and yet you can't find out what the insurance company actually reimburses the hospital because they consider that pricing a trade secret. It's lunacy, isn't it? it? It's insane. I mean, just to pick a simple example that I just experienced, I have a car where I actually had a little crack starting to appear in the windshield. So I have in my auto insurance the ability to get my windshield replaced, you know, ideally like you see on TV and whatever. And it says, oh, your insurance covers it. Yeah, but what they're not telling you is that i got to pay my deductible. Well, my, my insurance, my deductible is $500, and they told me that I'll pay that, and then they'll pick up the difference. Well, I got up on eBay, and I can get the windshield for $100, and I get a local guy that'll stick it in for 75 bucks. Right. So me be taking control and doing my own little homework, figuring out well, why would I want to run that through the insurance? Because first of all, they're going to up my potential premiums or whatever because I made a claim. And, and it's a low-level claim, so it kind of mirrors the idea of medicine. I mean, if I'm going for cancer treatment, that's a different ballgame. But if I'm just going in for a little casual annual checkup MRI, why in the world would I be paying those astronomical prices if I didn't take my own control of that situation? 
Right. I, you know, you look at outfits like LabCorp that do routine blood work and stuff and their rates and their prices are very, very reasonable because mm -hmm. like you said, they have to compete for the customers one at a time. Some of these doctors where they're getting those tests done may spend 26 bucks or something for such a test. And yet if you try to go on your own or through insurance, it would be hundreds and hundreds of dollars for that very same test because the doctor is buying it wholesale. You're right. paying it. You're paying like triple retail when you buy it through insurance. Right. Well, Jeff, we're up against our next break. This is just a fascinating discussion. And folks, we'd like to remind you, if you want to contact Ed or myself, you can send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. And do check out our full show notes. You can listen to the show and go to our archive tab and see uh, the full shows uh, all the way back to uh, July of 2014. I can't believe that, Ed. And uh, now we want to hear from our sponsor, Abacus Next. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Results CRM, the award-winning Abacus Next product, is a customer relationship management solution that will automate your business processes, streamline workflows, and deliver consistent results. Cloud-enabled to provide access to your users anytime from anywhere. Grow your business in 2018 with the number one QuickBooks CRM. To learn more about Results CRM, visit ResultsCRM.com. Clouds come in all shapes and sizes, and the Abacus Private Cloud is the perfect fit. Abacus Cloud enables all the desktop apps you know and love while providing unparalleled security to your business. Cloud functionality gives you the flexibility to work where you want, when you want, and from any device you want. Don't waste countless hours managing IT. Take back your time. Learn more at abacusnext.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are with Jeff Cantor today, who is the co-founder of HealthExcellencePlus.com. And, and Jeff, now that we've depressed our audience to the point of where we may have may have lost lost people, but uh, or as Ron was saying during the break, now that we've we've uh, we've diagnosed it, what's the prescription here? What 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 needs to happen to to get ourselves out of this huge mess that we're in? Well, you know, interestingly, we've already got the solution before us. I always tell everybody, you're a little like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. You've already got the ruby slippers and you can escape. Because if you notice, and as the audience pays attention, you know, there's been the rise of Whole Foods and, and the idea of being non-GMO and, and lifestyle doctors and other people starting to go to chiropractors. So 
little by little, the population un- by itself has been rectifying the problem unbeknownst to them. And at the same time, a lot of people didn't realize how many people were already available to help them. They've been so busy looking forward at health insurance and conventional hospitals and whatnot that all they really need to do is turn around and look in the other direction to see all the free market operations that are already out there to help them today. So you really have the ability to take control immediately. The only caveat to that is if you're kind of locked in at work, that becomes that last little thing we've got to figure out how to start to break away. That's going to take some legislation. Well, let's talk about uh, – well, and I'm in that latter category, so I it can't necessarily help me right now. But most of our audience is either small business or even perhaps sole proprietors, many of them operating in the, in the United States, although not all. Uh, and so what, what would you suggest if you run a small organization, if you're a sole proprietor, what, what do you suggest? Where, well, certainly they can start with um, healthexcellenceplus.com, but what, what are some things that they should be looking for? Well, step up for one minute to what you were describing. Even though you have a company program, if you have a high deductible, nothing is forcing you to go to the expensive MRI place. Because if you're going to be paying some of that out of your own pocket, then it behooves you to get a better price. So even people somewhat locked into the company-type setups definitely have options, too, to, to ameliorate their costs. But, but the best position is the individual or the small business owner because it's carte blanche what they want to do. <clears throat> and there are a lot of cash-paid doctors you can go to, you know, where you get yourself set up with a direct primary care physician, and then you try to figure out how to get a catastrophic coverage for the big dollar items. Uh, you, there's health savings accounts. So there are a lot of tools that they can make use of. The problem is that they're really not going to kind of know where to go. That's kind of the void that we filled as the consumer would like to do all of those things, but they don't know how to do them. And so that's what we're able to deliver is, is a mechanism and all the right you know, doctors and organizations and tools that they need to become a true self-paying free market patient. But it's all out there right now. I mean, if you just start to go in the phone book and Google away, you will discover there's an awful lot of help for people out there currently that they didn't even realize because they just didn't know to look. And it's growing all the time because more and more people are waking up to the idea of getting away from overpriced, more instead of disease micromanagement where they're kind of managing your demise to try to become more preventative. And that's a whole different infrastructure, and that's what's been growing parallel to the micromanagement of your demise industry. No, I, I've heard you say that on another interview. I think that's a, a great analogy, micromanager demise. That's what, what doctors or what the system is really is set up to do right now. But take us through. So if I go to health, healthexcellenceplus.com, yeah, I, I should sign up, and, and that's going to take me to, to places where I can see some of this. What, 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 is, what do I get when I get to healthexcellenceplus.com? Certainly. Well, there's a few variations because there's, you know, there's no one-size-fits-all. So we have a variety of different programs all under that same brand name. But that allows you to match yourself. Let's say I am going to a direct primary care physician. Well, I need one that's tailor-made to that. Let's say I'm a self-pay patient and I want to have a health savings account. Well, there's a version for that. Or if I want to have co-pays instead, because that's the way I prefer to handle my health care. So there's a version for each. But, but the main thing is it's going to allow them to be able to go to any doctor or any hospital if something bad happens to you. So you can cross state lines. I can even travel overseas if need be. Or if I'm overseas on a vacation, I, my health insurance still works, in other words. I still can take care of my health. But I'm also going to have an assistance. 
And that's the main thing. Most people need a cheat sheet, a little video to show you how to work something. And it comes to be no different when you're taking control of your health. You need to understand, how do I find that better-priced MRI? How do I research a doctor? How do I know what I want to do or not do? How do I know what the quality of my health is today? What should I be working on to be preventative as opposed to waiting for me to have a health issue and then start to work with it on the back end? So all of those are the types of tools we've built in through our background and our history of being in the business to know what the typical consumer needs. So instead of rushing to the emergency room, you can call and talk to a doctor 24 hours a day. They can prescribe medication. Or I can get assessment of my health and figure out why I'm not losing weight and be able to turn that around in a way that's going to be meaningful and significant. And because it's custom to me, not some generic-y thing that other places typically pro-offer, I'm going to have a plan that matches my specific lifestyle, where I live, and my physiology so that I'm going to actually have success. Because the long-term goal of anybody in the back of their mind is, I'm not looking forward to the price of my health insurance going up next year. If there were things that I personally could do to help keep that down, I would probably do those things. And they really have no incentive for you to be better or worse. They're just going to charge you whatever they charge, and if they increase the price, so be it. We're all about trying to get you more in control, understanding pricing, and be in control of what prices are. You can dictate how much I'm spending for certain things by where I choose to go. And by me and all the other members that are doing this collectively around the country, paying attention to the quality of their health, we're all together keeping our prices down. And to give you an idea, we've not had our pricing changing in years. And, in fact, in some of the newest packages we've put together, we've actually lowered prices. Incredible. And tell us a little bit. I, we, we, we talked a, a couple of months ago on, uh, on a side conversation. Uh, you guys are even or, or one of the organizations is dabbling in, in your own cryptocurrency. Isn't that correct? Yes. In fact, that's a big part of where we're going with things, too, because, you know, that's where the world is moving in terms of all sorts of different infrastructures, whether it be voting or your medical records. Everyone's moving towards the idea of blockchain. And, and that's a, a show unto itself. But the idea, too, with cryptocurrency, which is built on the idea of blockchain, is the idea of having a quality product. So a paper dollar, a fiat dollar, is a loose, uh, elusive thing. We don't know what it's going to be worth from one day to the next. The U.S. dollar's lost 90-plus percent of its value since the early 1900s. So if I'm paying you in $100 and you don't spend it for, like, six months, what you're going to be able to buy with that, six da- six, excuse me, with that $100 is diminished. But if I'm using a cryptocurrency, which you can see what's happened with Bitcoin, and everyone talks about the, the twenty-some-thousand-dollar pizza order, because the value went from a penny to $7,000. Well, no fiat currency in the world has made that happen. Look at what happens with gold and so on. So the idea of a cryptocurrency is it retains value and actually appreciates in value. So the goal with the doctors are, look, you may think you're a cash-pay patient, and your doctor's a cash-pay doctor, and now you think you've escaped. But you really haven't truly escaped. You're still using a fiat currency inside that ecosystem that you're operating in. So if you're trying to fully step outside of the existing paradigm where the problems all lie, then you have to get it's like trying to get rid of 80% or 90% of your cancer. You've got to get rid of everything. You have to make a wholesale change. Now, that's going to take a little while. That's a bit more of a weaning process. It's easier to convince people to save money on premium and switch to a medical cost-sharing format and get to go to more doctors. They'll love all that. That makes real easy sense. But not everybody's acclimated to what cryptocurrencies do. They think of it as something to speculate on where I buy it and put it under my pillow and wait for it to go up one day like you do with gold. This is a 
currency you can actually use to pay your doctor to buy supplements. That's where that's evolving into, and we're definitely at the forefront of that too. And and so the really the the thing to get people on board here is for them to investigate it and start taking control of their own stuff. And and of course, Health Excellence Plus is a, a place that they can go to to do that. Do you think that the the more people that do this, the more government or will will have to react to it rather than try to to shut these things down, but will have to pivot and and open up the 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 the, the healthcare to per, per, to more of the stuff that you're talking about. Yeah, they have to. I mean, it's well under its way, so the toothpaste is already out of the tube as far as that goes. So there is no turning back. There's over a million people using medical cost sharing and health sharing in the United States currently, and they're pushing over a billion dollars in medical bills. So it's already too big to turn its back on. And the luxury of it is it works. The consumers that have it love it. The doctors that are participating love it. So the only ones that would want to preserve it are the ones that are benefiting from it financially, but the two most important players, the consumer and the doctor, have turned their back on it already. And as more and more get exposed to it, hear from their friends and neighbors about it, and we're growing enormously by referrals, it's just going to take a life of its own. But what's nice about it, though, we don't have to try to get those legislation. It's just like the thing that just kind of falls away by its own self. If more and more people just arbitrarily withdraw from the system, it kind of collapses under its own weight. There's nothing for the government to, you know, try to create or anything because everybody left the ranch. And so that's what we're encouraging everybody. You don't need to get any permission to do any of this stuff over here. You just go do it. And little by little, we build up the volunteer sector of America. We get to reduce the size of the government sector. And so it, one follows the other quite easily. And individually, we make all that happen, which is less traumatic, and everybody gets to make their own ease of transition at the time and pace that fits their lifestyle. Well, I guess the only thing that could, could really completely interfere with it is, is if, if the, you know, we, we, we move to a total single-payer system and it becomes illegal to do anything other, other than that, right? That would be the only, only thing that could stop this probably. Exactly. And, and, and really, that's going to be extremely hard because, you know, other countries where they don't have the kind, of democ- the kind of republic that we operate, you know, they're not going to have that luxury. What we're doing couldn't be done in pretty much any other country for the most part. But you can see now, too, why people here would turn their back on that as they start to see what's happening in other countries, you know, where they're beginning those so-called death squads, as it were, because you know, grandma's too old, so we can't afford to do the hip replacement and so on. And somebody made the comment, you know, you get rid of one old person and you get to get ten new people kind of thing to take the place of whatever that person is consuming in the way of, of uh, resources and so on, which is a zero-sum game mentality. And, and that's not how the world really works. Everybody's life is valuable. And uh, a free market is willing to cater to everybody. Like you said, I'm going to have a different flavor or price point or something for every kind of client that's out there because somebody wants to do business with that person. And that's the luxury of the market. We're all trying to serve someone else so that I can make some money. Yeah. Well, I, I really have to say, I, lo- I love what you're doing. I hope it, it, it continues success. Uh, we're up against our last break, and I'm going to turn you over to Ron. But let, let me say at this point that I'm uh, thank- thankful for you to be on the show and share this information with our, our listeners. Right now, we want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or me via email at Ask TSOE, of course, the, at verisage.com. Sorry, the website is thesoulofenterprise.com. And don't forget to take a look at that show, uh, the, the, our, our pricing uh, class that's out there now, thesoulofenterprise.com slash PPS for that. Right now, a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. There is no blueprint for running the perfect firm. No way to know the challenges you'll face. But your journey does not have to be an odyssey. Experience what it is like for every part of your firm to be connected. Experience a practice management tool where everything is just a click away. Experience Office Tools. To learn more, visit officetools.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here with Jeff Cantor, the co-founder of HealthExcellencePlus.com. And Jeff, you were talking about cryptocurrency, and I was just curious, have you have you selected a cryptocurrency for your group yet? Well, we have, as a matter of fact. We've been looking to try to align with somebody for many, many years, and, and there are literally hundreds and thousands of them out there, and, and some have become extremely successful, like Bitcoin. But we wanted something that was more of a currency that could actually be utilized as opposed to something to buy and hold. And so we've somewhat partnered with OrganicToken.info, and this is a well-market-capped lifestyle uh, coin that we're able to make use of. And the idea is that we're implementing it within doctor's offices, and this is still in the infancy of this, but that you as a consumer, if you own that through our system, as it were, from organic directly, that you could actually pay your doctor with organic. So it's a true usable currency that can truly replace the idea of using a dollar. And similarly, if we preserve the medical profession over there with us as consumers, we're going to have even better cost structure because we're controlling the money that circulates within that environment. So there's a lot of great opportunities for consumers to take better control on all levels in their financial future, but most importantly in their health future, which is really the most expensive and personal thing you've got. For sure. And, and you know, along with the cryptocurrency, you had mentioned blockchain. And, and I'm just curious on your views of how blockchain will help empower the patient. I, I, I can see control over your own medical records and files and things like that. How do you see blockchain unfolding? Well, it's, it's a pretty complicated thing, and so it's still sort of evolving, you know, what's going to happen within the medical world. But the, but the nice attributes of blockchain is that it's not hackable. You can see everything that's on there. It's very transparent. So I can see, you know, every 
piece of Bitcoin that's bought, you can see on the chain where it is and, and if it's broken or how it's missing. And it also creates higher level of security and privacy, which, of course, when we're talking about your medical records, what do you want to keep more private than that? I mean, suppose we have HIP and all this other stuff. You, you hear all the time about you know medical records have been pinched and are you know, being sold on the web and the rest of that stuff. It'll eliminate a lot of that stuff. And at the same time, you'll be able to kind of figure out who's allowed to be in your blockchain so I can have my doctor and my you know, my trusted, my spouse, let's say, or somebody else. So it's very, very sacrosanct the way that this functions, and, and that's the exciting part about it. I'm keen to see where some of these entrepreneurial people take it, because right now it's just now starting to break into the health world a little bit. It, it, it started out with the cryptocurrency, which established its street cred, that this is a good technology, and now everybody else is, we're even talking about maybe we want to use voting with blockchain because of all the problems that people seem to feel is happening with voting in America. So blockchain is going to influence a lot of things that go on in this country as we move forward. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's an awesome technology. You know, you mentioned with Ed the uh, direct primary care physician. And I was just curious, you, you had also mentioned, I think, a billion dollars in, 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 in these alternative practices areas. Do, do you have an idea how many direct pr primary care physicians are out there now? Oh, boy, that's a great question. I don't know off the top of my head, but it has been growing by leaps and bounds. I've been to a number of uh, national events that are just exclusively for doctors on this topic, and they'll bring up a, one after another of doctors that used to be in kind of commercial practice, and then they went into private practice where they were, became cash pay, and they talked about how their burnout level went down, their thoughts of suicide went down, their Profits went up. Their book of business went from 500-some patients down to a couple hundred. And they really were able to become with a thing that they all set out to be. And most people, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people think that doctors went into business so they could become rich or something to that effect. And that's sort of maybe been a bit of a byproduct in some of their cases. But almost every single one of them went into it because they want to help people. They care about it. This is something that they like and want to do. And so being able to become a DPC or a doctor of that ilk, I can actually be the doctor again. I've heard people specifically say, I like this because now I get to be the doctor again. And the patients love it, needless to say, because now they have a more intimate relationship with their doctor. Those type of doctors let you call them on the weekends and, and get right in for an appointment. So it's a real personal touch that's completely vo devoid of the, hey, you've got 15 minutes to tell me about your problem, and you start to go into a second problem. They're like, oh, you've got to make another appointment. I'm only here to talk to you for 15 minutes about your one problem. So there's nothing personal about that or, or customizable there. So that's the big advantage that the DPC or the independent doc brings to the, to the world today. Right. God, I, I do hope we see more of those. I, I just think that is such an awesome, you know, way to organize the care. And just on the doctor, you know, I, I actually read Melton Friedman's PhD thesis when he studied, you know, five um, different professions as CPAs, lawyers, doctors, I think architects and something else, engineers, dentists, dentists. It was them and and he um he railed against occupational licensing for doctors and said oh this is, this was a way to monopolize and cartel cartelize the industry and keep their wages up and I, i'm just curious do you think you think we could do away with medical licensure of doctors interesting there's actually a, a movement afoot to do exactly that there's a growing segment of doctors that have come to realize that that licensing is a fallacy and not that the doctor needs to be not be qualified and so on, but if we want to go back to an earlier example, pilots are certified. 
Because the difference in certification as opposed to licensing is that the, cons- the person who's going through it can move through at their own pace. So medical school has got a very methodical, very slow structure. So if you're really smart and can fly through it, it doesn't matter. You're going to still take the same number of years as the lowest quality person in that pool. But in certification, if I can pass all those tests and get to high proficiency in six months where somebody else is going to take a year, that's going to be better and allow me to bring more people on board. And we're going to have a higher quality, as it were, because we're not gearing it towards just controlling the environment. The licensing definitely keeps good people from entering that profession. And that's what we find ourselves looking for more doctors or nurses. We're always short on all of that because we're using that as a way to keep them at bay. And it's controlled by AMA and certain medical schools and so on. So, again, you always got to kind of follow the money to see who in the end is in control of these things, who's pulling those strings. And that will really tell you the real reality of why we see licensing on the front end, what's all going on that back end that's the real reality of why it's here. Right. I, I, I love the fact that you said that some of your plans at healthexcellenceplus.com have actually been reduced in price and it – it makes me think about, Ed and I always talk about this and use this as an argument, but when you do look at medical services that are provided on a free market, that is where the patient's spending their own money on themselves, like LASIK surgery or plastic surgery, and I would say even in veterinary medicine, those prices have not been going up. They've been coming down. And wouldn't the same thing happen if the consumer was spending their own money? It, it totally would. Look at anything in the free market. What has not come down in price that you can point to for the most part? You know, right. phones, uh, TVs, everything over time comes down in price typically. When, it's allowed, when competition takes place and pricing is, is clear and transparent. But we've got the exact opposite happening in the health insurance world. And it's not even insurance like we just disclosed. We're prepaying for a bunch of stuff. All at inflated prices. So we're sucking the lifeblood out of a lot of families. I know from people we've worked with, when we're able to move them from what they're doing to what we're doing, they're able to pay off their mortgage, pay off their car, pay off credit cards, take vacations. It's life transformative when you free up hundreds to thousands of dollars a month to a family or an individual. Right. That's so it's a fantastic. shame we're, we're sucking so much viability out of this country, so much entrepreneurship, so much capital investment, so many other things would spill out of just getting the prices back to where they need to be in this one simple facet of every single person's life. Right. Jeff, we've only got like a half a, set, uh, half a minute, but you're going to be at Freedom Fest in Las Vegas, aren't you, in July? Yes, we are. Great and, event. And, we've got a panel we'll be holding there called the Deplorables Healthcare. Trump Democrats are what they really need. And it's going to be us sending it. more information. We've got some great people. I've got uh, Dr. Tony Dale's going to be on there, Charles Sauer from the Market Institute, Ralph Weber from Metabit and Dr. Jack Wolfson is one of comes from, uh, he's known as a paleocardiologist. So we've got some really great people on there, all talking about the realities of what you can do today to take control. Fantastic. Well, Jeff Cantor, thank you so much for coming on the Soul of Enterprise. This has been a great discussion. And Ed, what's up next week? Free Rider Friday. All right. I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific time. In the meantime, please do visit us at 
www.thesoulofenterprise.com.